This is episode 230 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are How to Get More Fruits and Vegetables in Your Prepper Stockpile and But Bug Out to Wear Exactly. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, uh, just one before we start, I got a couple of things up, up front. Uh, first of all, we're kind of like in a, uh, a little uh, ice apocalypse, I'm just kind of joking there, but uh, not really. Uh, we've had, so uh, school was canceled today, and uh, just Houston is like frozen over. And I know I posted uh, a video, a short video on Instagram that I, I went ahead and kicked over to, to, to Facebook, and people were like, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're if you up north, and you guys, y- y'all get two, three you know feet of snow, and that's just normal for y'all. Yeah, but you got to remember, down here in Houston, People just do not know how to respond when it when it's like this, and uh, so really it is uh, it's it's kind of crazy. There's just uh, it's really iced over. There was uh, I was looking at one of the um, reports from one of the news channels, and there was like 400 rec reports just today in uh, Harris County, and uh, that's just one day 400 re- uh, rec reports just because of the ice that's out there, and just people don't know. How to how to drive in it? People don't know how to uh, you know how to you know just maneuver on it, and so you have all these uh, you, you have all these problems over here uh, and and things like that. And so uh, we didn't go to uh, so I'm recording this on Tuesday night. We didn't go to school today, or we didn't have school. You know, a lot of you know places were canceled. Actually, even grocery stores were uh, closing early and stuff like that. Uh, one of the I don't know if you have a, a Bucky's up where you where you are, but one of the video one of the news channels went to Bucky's and it was completely like there was nobody there. And if you've ever been to a Bucky's, uh, you know that they're always busy. There's always people there, and there just there was nobody in the store at all. And so it's like, it just really has just kind of shut down. Uh, Cherie posted on the Facebook group uh, a picture like uh, Austinites that there's going to be a snowstorm or whatever. So it's like when Austinites here, it's going to snow. And then uh, all the, uh, and then this was, this was legit. Like all the, there was reports that people were in line and lines were, were long, like all the way to the back of the store and all this kind of stuff, because people were hearing that the snow or the ice was going to be really bad. And they might be snowed in for a couple of days and those kinds of things. And just people down here just do not know how to respond and how to act to, to different things like that. And so just it, it goes to remind you of when when things go on. I mean, that's one reason why we prep. I mean, when things happen, uh, you don't have to run to the store. You don't have to worry about those kinds of things. You you have whatever you need to get by. And uh, if you don't make it to the store for whatever reason. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I know you guys up north are dealing with, you know, a lot, you know, crazier weather and, you know, you get the big drifts of snow and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And it's supposed to down here, it's supposed to warm up tomorrow above freezing for about two or three hours, maybe three or four hours. And uh, hopefully it, it starts to melt off because if not, you know, the school districts don't want to put their buses. 
Um, Harris County in Houston, the Houston area, is so spread out that buses go everywhere. And in my school district, my school district's pretty big. I think we're like the third biggest in, in all of Texas. And so it, it, you know, we're all spread out. And so buses start going early on. We have a lot of overpasses and things like that that get frozen over. And uh, again, to be honest, I have not seen it like this since I was a kid. Uh, I think my first year of driving, uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I was 16 years old, I think we had a really, really uh, a winter that, that kind of froze over. And uh, I remember driving around in my in my little mini truck and sliding all over the place, and that was just a new. You know, back then you're a kid, and you're like, oh, this is cool, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And now, you know, you're more <laughs> mature, and responsible, and you're like, no, man, you don't want to do that. And you know, like I said, people don't know how to how to how to drive in that kind of those kinds of conditions down here in in the Houston area. And so I know that they don't want to put the buses out there and risk people, uh, you know, getting getting into wrecks and, and kids getting hurt. And so uh, they're going to uh, they're going to make the decisions on the side of caution. And uh, but again, I know some of you are like Todd. Really, that's what you're. But that's that's kind of where it is here. Just like up north, some of you guys who don't have ACs and things like that because it's just very cool weather. But for whatever reason, if you have a heat wave, I mean, people wind up dying because they just don't know how to respond in those. So sometimes that happens up north with the opposite type of weather. And uh, so, you know, you, we were kind of feeling it down here. It's been a really crazy year with weather with Hurricane Harvey and now with this, uh, you know, and like again, I like I said, I, I don't know if. Uh, tomorrow, the the sun coming out for those three or four hours is going to be enough to uh, to melt off uh, the ice that's on the road. So we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, it has allowed me to get some things done and take care of some things that I needed to here at the house and uh, with the website and things like that. So I'm very very grateful. At least that I I had something to do and uh, we didn't lose power. Uh, there were some uh, neighborhoods around us that did lose power. So very grateful that we didn't uh, you know feel that at all. Hey, if you are interested in current events, you know that I post that weekly Watchman every week over on edthatmatters.com. And uh, that is out this week. Uh, so the weekly Watchman and current events for January 14th. And uh, it's, it's about five to six prophecy teachers. They talk about current events. And, uh, you know, there's videos. Uh, J.D. Farag is might, might be one that you might be interested in. He's actually in Hawaii, in Kanaohe. Hawaii, and so he talks a little bit about the uh, the, the the emergency alert, the false emergency alert that kind of had everyone going, and I thought that was kind of interesting. But that's over at Ed that Matters. I'm going to put the link, like always, in the show notes if you're interested in going to check that out. Uh, and uh, you know, always good information. Hey, yesterday I talked to you a little bit about the 2018 Prepper Bundle, and uh, the the Prepper Bundle is a great way to add a lot of preparedness content to your digital uh, or you know emergency binders all at one time. And so it's a, it's a it's a great way to do that. So my friends over at the Self Reliance School partnered together with a bunch of other. Uh, authors and they they they've come together this time around with 53 ebooks courses or videos and they've bundled them all together in in one big bundle one big download and uh, you can download it um, you can just do a digital download if you want to and uh, that's 39.97 you can down or you can purchase a USB flash drive and so they'll send it to you they'll ship it to you with the prepper bundle. 
and that is $64.97. And or you can buy the online digital download and the USB flash drive for $69.97. And they'll send you out the 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 flash drive, but then also you have access to immediately download the Prepper Bundle for yourself and you can start getting into it. Uh, some of the topics, so they have the topics are going to be, uh, they're going to range from cooking, DIY, food storage, frugal living, gardening, homesteading, natural living, natural parenting, and I know that includes homeschooling information, natural remedies and just general preparedness. Uh, along with the Prepper Bundle, along with all the materials that you get, they've also included about seven uh, special offers. So it's, it's uh, people who sell things online that it's, uh, they'll do like a, a buy one, get one free type thing. And so you can, you know, you'll, it's special, uh, special prices for people who have purchased the bundle. Okay, so along with the Prepper Bundle and the special bonuses that you get, if you purchase the Prepper Bundle, so I decided to do this this year, uh, if you purchase the Prepper Bundle through my affiliate link, so it is an affiliate link, uh, I do get a little portion that is a way that I help to offset the cost of Prepper Website and the Prepper Website podcast, um, you know, I... I I don't do a whole lot of uh, you know those types of promotions and stuff like that. But when the, when they're out there, uh, I I do want to and I do think it's a good deal. I do share that with you. And so there is an affiliate link. If you purchase through my affiliate link and then you forward the the invoice to my email, I will send you out a special bonus that I have prepared just for people that purchase from my. Uh, from my affiliate link. And so what it is, it is a, uh, a video, a walkthrough video uh, with all the, the files and things that you need to be able to hide online uh, your logins and passwords and even account information uh, on your computer in plain sight, but in a way that would not uh, you know, would would not be suspicious to anyone. There's just no way that they would wind up finding this out. And uh, I, I thought this was funny. The other day I was uh, in a meeting and was sitting right next to someone who, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because we all have our, 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 the same seats we sit in all the time. And this person that sits next to me is kind of techie. And uh, I couldn't remember one of my passwords because I, I have so many different things online that I, that, that I deal with, not just with, uh, you know, Prepper website, but also with, uh, with uh, you know, work and things like that. And she kind of saw what I did, and she goes, that's funny. I do the same exact thing. And so, like, I hide some of my passwords uh, that I need for work uh, in, a, in a way that no one would really know that it's there, but it's, it's there. And so I want to give that to you. I created a video. And so as soon as you purchase the bundle, if you forward your invoice out to me uh, or send it to me through email, I will respond back with a link so that you can go ahead and get that uh, that special bonus from me. And but you got you got to buy it from the bundle. I mean, because it does, like I said, it does give me a little percentage. It does benefit me. It helps to offset the cost of Prepper website and the Prepper website podcast and the things that I do. And uh, I would be very very appreciative. But I w what I would say, what I would suggest is go over to the link. Now, of course, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. I drop this down on the host, uh, the, on the podcast host, on Tuesday night. So if you if you get this before Wednesday morning, if you start listening to the podcast and you and you try to click on the link 
you're not going to see anything. But if you start clicking on it from Wednesday, and I believe it runs for seven days, uh, if you click on it after, you know, on Wednesday or or after, you will go to the download page or you'll go to the information page, and you'll be able to see all the, the the books that are there and all the authors. You'll get to see all the bonuses, all the things that you can take advantage of. And if uh, again, if you think that's something that you want to do, you can go ahead and download it, and then make sure you send me that that invoice. Um, I'm also going to have that information over on edthatmatters.com, and so uh, just, I'm going to. I've created a little uh, article that I'm going to push out tomorrow morning. But uh, just just remember, if you are listening to this podcast and you happen to listen to it on Tuesday night or early, early Wednesday morning, you might not, and you click on the link, you might not see it. It might not be open yet. So just FYI on that. But uh, anyway, uh, I would be happy to send out that little bonus on how, how to hide uh, information in plain sight. Uh, you know, login and password and electronic information in plain sight. So looking forward to that and looking forward to, to hearing from you and uh, getting your emails on that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our first article of the podcast. Our first article comes to us from Daisy Luther over at theorganicprepper.com. And her her article is entitled, How to Get More Fruits and Vegetables in Your Prepper Stockpile. This is important because you want to make sure that you have all the vitamins and nutrients and minerals that you have that you that you are going to need. If we're ever in a situation where where we are completely depending on on our stockpile, we want to, or our food stockpile and on our pantry, we want to make sure that we are getting everything that we need. And so this is a way to uh, to, to make sure and give you some ideas on how to stock fruits and vegetables so that you'll have them if the time comes. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. It can be a major challenge when living from your stockpiled foods to get enough fruits and vegetables. This is dangerous because without produce, your family can be at risk for nutritional deficiency diseases like scurvy and their immune systems will be compromised. A minimum of five servings per day is recommended, but during the long winter, how can you meet that goal with the contents of your pantry? As well, many people these days generally eat a low-carb diet that is reliant on protein and produce. You can get more information about stockpiling for a low-carb diet here. Supplying your family with produce that will provide the necessary nutrients that their bodies need to thrive is a two-fold process. Not only should you preserve the summer's bounty for the winter ahead, but you should also come up with the ways to add fresh greens outside of the growing season. Building a Stockpile of Fruits and Vegetables When creating your produce stockpile, you have to look at what actually constitutes a serving for the people you will be feeding. It may not actually be the amount that you expect. For example, a child's serving of green beans is anywhere from a quarter cup to a half cup, depending on their age. But an adult serving is a full cup. So for a child, plan on one to three cups of produce per day. And for an adult, plan on five cups of produce per day. Whenever possible, focus on organic produce. The use of pesticides in conventional farming is rampant. Even the Environmental Protection Agency has to admit that the ingestion of pesticides can cause health problems. They warn of the risk of birth defects, nerve damage, cancer, and other effects that might occur over a long period of time. Especially at risk of harm from pesticides are prepubescent children and fetuses. 
And let me just interject here. I believe that one of the reasons that we see so many issues, uh, you know, medically with cancer and all the other health issues that we have is directly related to food. I know that I've talked about that before, but I, I do believe that that's part of it. And, and all the crap that we wind up eating out there, and uh, that's one reason why we just gotta gotta be careful, you know, careful on all that. All right, continuing on. My family also chooses to avoid GMOs or gen genetically modified organisms. Particularly, avoid anything non-organic that contains corn or so soy ingredients. There are questions about health risk and GMOs are engineered to withstand even higher dosings of pesticides than other conventional fruits and veggies. What to buy? At the grocery store, look for cells to build your supply of produce. Dried. Dried fruits such as raisins, banana chips without sugar, and dried cranberries can pack a lot of nutritional punch into a tiny serving size. Think of them as concentrated vitamins. An adult serving of raisins is only one-fourth cup, which means that you can pack a lot of nutrition into a small amount of space with dried fruits. Canned. Canned goods such as tomatoes, green beans, and peas can go a long way towards providing nutrition. The benefit to those rows of tin cans is that you don't require power to store them safely. And they are fully cooked so you don't even have to heat them up in a grid down situation. You can also find many varieties of canned fruits, but beware of heavy syrup. Opt for fruit canned in juice if possible. Frozen. Frozen fruits and vegetables are the closest to fresh that you can get. This is a great way to build a stockpile for times when money is tight, but don't put all of your produce in the freezer. During an extended power outage, you stand to lose a large portion of your deep freeze contents. If you do purchase a large amount of produce for the freezer, have canning jars, lids, and an off-grid method for canning them if the electricity goes down for the long term. Freeze-dried this is a more expensive option, but freeze-dried fruits and vegetables maintain nutrients, require little storage space, and need no special storage conditions. You can add a great deal of variety to your pantry with a selection of freeze-dried ingredients and the foods, if sealed correctly, can last up to 25 years. You can find a wide variety of freeze-dried fruits and vegetables here. Preserving Fruits and Vegetables There are many effects effective ways to preserve fruits and vegetables that you acquire fresh. Whether you harvest them from your own property, buy them at the farmer's market or a local orchard, or even make a bulk purchase from the discount bin at the grocery store, having the supplies and skills to quickly preserve them can allow you to make the most of your windfall. Learn more about the following methods. Dehydrating, canning, root cellaring, keep onions, potatoes, parsnips, carrots, apples, and winter squash in a cold room. Freeze drying, home freeze dryers are becoming very popular. Go here for some expert advice. And so there's uh, links here that you can go ahead and click on to go get some more information on those specific ways of, uh, of preserving. Alright, so indoor gardening. There are all sorts of things you can grow indoors, even in the dead of winter. It helps to have a south-facing window and, barring that, a grow light. I have had wonderful luck with spinach, lettuce, herbs, garlic, green onions, and even some tiny little radishes. I know others who have been successful with tomatoes and peppers, but I have personally never managed those inside. Maybe one day I'll get my dream sunroom. Some folks keep dwarf citrus trees in their homes also. And don't overlook the value of sprouting. Sprouts grow incredibly quick, quickly. 
They're easy to grow and highly nutritious. You can learn absolutely everything you ever wanted to know about sprouting at this website. I like, and then there's a link there. I like bean sprouts and microgreens the best. Each type of sprout has a very different texture and flavor. You know, there used to be a lot of articles that would uh, that I would post on Prepper website on on sprouting and microgreens. I just haven't seen as many lately, but uh, that was uh, more of a of a trend I saw uh, in the in the past. But it's still definitely uh, a viable option for you to get your nutrients and, and vitamins there. All right, so any tips? Many in our community are just beginning to build their pantries. Do you have any budget-friendly tips for adding fruits and vegetables to your larder? Please share them in the comments below. All right, so definitely one of those things you need to uh, to consider. You know, Daisy has a, a, a stockpile challenge going on right now, and so if uh, you're interested in that, you can go to the Organic Prepper and get a little bit more information on that. I think she's living off of her stockpile, and other people are doing that as well. That's an easy way to, you know, test what you, you know, what you have, uh, practice with what you have in your stockpile, and kind of rotate things out so that you can uh, clear out things that really need to be cleared out and start to uh, restock it with things that are, you know, that are newer and fresher. Uh, Daisy does a, a good job of, of sharing what she's doing on her Instagram account. And so you get to see all the food that she's making and it uh, looks really, really good. But anyway, very interesting here and uh, ways of doing it. You know, uh, a dehydrator is not very expensive and we spend a lot of money on other junk. It's not very expensive. Uh, a good one, an Excalibur, which is, you know, one of the, the, the better ones out there. And you can use that and just keep it going. And, and like she mentioned here, if you go and you purchase at the grocery store, you go to a farmer's market, or you know someone who uh, you've made friends with people who have uh, vegetables or gardens or um, you know they have fruit trees or whatever, and their produce start or their fruits and vegetables start to go bad, and they're willing to give it to you, you can bring it home and just go ahead and start defrost or dehydra defrosting it, dehydrating it, and uh, you know stocking it away. I mean that's just a, a great way of doing it, and there's so much more you can do with dehydrators. Uh, that's an easy, easy way to do that. But uh, the other thing that you might want to consider are, are vitamins as well. You know, making sure that you have some vitamins. I know people. People use vitamins on a regular basis. They stockpile vitamins. Uh, there's a lot there uh, as far as wh which vitamins are the best. Are you, you know, it, I remember at one point I used to get like a uh, a vitamin mix that was a, a liquid vitamin mix just because I would hear things like uh, the, the more like rock type vitamins that you buy just go right through your system. And so I don't know. Uh, I know that you should probably be looking for better quality vitamins, but uh, that is one thing to do. I know people stockpile those and you want to make sure that you're getting that in your, in your body for uh, if the poop hits the fan, you're able to, to, you know, get the vitamins and minerals that you need and, and for your uh, family as well. Uh, you know, chewables for kids and, and gummy chewables and all those kinds of things. So good article over there by Daisy at the Organic Prepper. Go check it out. She has a lot of links in her article that you might be interested in if this is something you want to start doing as far as preserving, you know. Uh, and if you have a, a decent-sized garden, you might be into that. Uh, you might need to start getting into that because you might not be able to eat everything uh, that, you're, that you're producing. All right, so uh, that's or theorganicprepper.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump to our next article. Our next article comes to to us from timgamble.com. My friend Tim over there has written a, an article 
but bug out to where exactly? You know, in the preparedness community, we, there are, and, and I know on Prepper website that if I put out an article on bugging out or bug out bags, you know, those there are certain topics out there that are very, very popular. People want to listen to those, or not listen to them. People want to read those, and so they're very, very popular. The thing is, is that a lot of people, like, and Tim deals with this in his article, don't have places to bug out to. And so you were talking about bugging out and bugging out, but it's like, okay, where do we go? And this article by Tim uh, kind of addresses that. And so g- to give you a little bit of ideas, if you were in a situation to, to bug out. Now, he talks about it, uh, that he believes that the best thing to do would be to bug in. I agree with him as well, uh, depending on the situation. But there might be a time where you have to bug out regardless. Like, for instance, Verdi mentioned uh, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, there was there was things that were going on here with Hurricane Harvey that people didn't have a choice to bug in. They had to bug out because their house was completely flooded with water. I mean, up some some up to like nine, ten feet of water, and so they had no option to stay. They had to go ahead and leave. And so when that happens, what do you do, and how do you how do you navigate that? Uh, you know, because you want to make sure you have options. That's the big deal. We talk about redundancy a lot in preparedness, redundancy in our gear. So we have, you know, two or three items. Well, you know, you, you always hear the saying, uh, unless you're new. And if you're new, welcome, <laughs> welcome to preparedness. I know that there are, I'm getting emails from people that are new to preparedness because of the podcast, because they're seeing this on iTunes and other, you know, Stitcher and other podcast networks. And so uh, they're, hey, like, you know, they're sending me emails like, hey, Todd, I appreciate this. I never really considered this and, and all those kinds of things. So if you're new, you know, you're new, uh, and welcome to preparedness. But uh, there is a saying, uh, and you might have heard it, you might not have heard it before. One is none, n- two, I'm sorry, here you go, I'm saying it all wrong. Two is one, one is none. And basically what that means is that at one, at some point, your gear is going to break down, and so you want to have backups on that. And so you can have as many backups, or you have, sometimes we get gear that uh, does double duty, you know, can, can do uh, more than one thing, has multiple uses. Those are always, you know, great finds when you can do something like that. But the same thing, it, you know, we do the same thing with our plans. We should have redundancy in our plans. And, and that just means that you have a plan A, you have a plan B, you have a plan C, you know what's going to happen or what you need to do it, when the time comes so that you have options. And that's, you know, that's what it boils down to. You want to make sure you have options. So let's go ahead and read this one again. It's called But Bug Out to Where Exactly by Tim Gamble over at TimGamble.com. All right, here we go. Preppers and survivalists seem to spend a lot of time talking about bugging out. Bug out bags and bug out vehicles are popular topics of conversation, articles, videos, and even books. This can be frustrating for many folks who feel that they have nowhere to bug out to, asking in exasperated tones, but bug out to where exactly? I want to try to answer that question in this article, but first, let me say that bugging out should not be your plan A. The best advice for most people in most situations is to stay put, bug in or hunker down where you are, unless and until it becomes too dangerous to do so. You don't want to face the open road during a highly chaotic and dangerous time unless you absolutely have to. Bugging out is a measure of last resort. Also, consider that a bug-out location isn't necessarily somewhere you'll move to permanently. You may only need it for a few days or a few weeks. 
If you live in an inherently dangerous area that you know you will have to escape from during a crisis, then you shouldn't be living there now, figuring out a way to move no matter what the sacrifice. You don't have to move to your ideal isolated homestead right away. A small town away from the big cities will be far safer than your current location. But bug out to where exactly? Here are some options for bug out locations if and when it becomes necessary to bug out. Number one, your own property. The ideal bug out location, of course, is a piece of property you already own, but is fully set up in a rural homestead, a mountain cabin, or even just a couple of acres of raw land in the country. Problem is, most folks don't have a lot of extra money to purchase a second piece of property just in case. However, I will say that a few acres of raw land in a truly rural area can still be purchased for only a few thousand dollars. Used campers can be had for under 1000 particularly if you are willing to do a little repair work yourself and aren't too concerned with its cosmetic appearance. So, it is possible to secure yourself a bug out location in a rural area for under $10,000. It won't be luxury living, but it will be living. Number two, a relative's or a friend's place. Maybe your Uncle George has a fishing cabin in the mountains, or Great Aunt Ida lives alone in her huge old house on the outskirts of a small town in the Ozarks, or Cousin Eddie has a small farm in Kentucky. Talk to them about using their place as a bug-out location. You could even stockpile some food, clothes, and other supplies there ahead of time. You don't have to move into the house with them. Perhaps you could park a camper or RV in their driveway or backyard. It can be difficult relying on family at times as pride, ego, jealousy, and hurt feelings often get in the way. Put aside those petty family squabbles. Besides, great, great Aunt Ida is a lonely old lady who will need someone when the SHTF and Cousin Eddie could always use some extra hands on the farm. Number three, hook up with an established prepper community or mutual assistance group that already has a bug out location. This will be difficult, but they do exist. You'll have to find them, meet them, earn their trust, and become a part of the group. And remember, their group, their land, their rules. This option will take, a, will take time and effort, so start now. Frequent prepper and survivalist forums and websites, go to meetups, attend trade shows, take classes, and do whatever else it takes to meet like-minded folks. Let it be known that you're looking for a group to join, but don't be pushy or obnoxious about it. You'll have to meet a lot of folks and befriend a lot of folks and slowly earn your way into a group. Number four is create a mag of your own. The group can then go into, into together to purchase a few acres that could be a mutual bug out location. This too will take effort and time to find the right people and then to hash out the rules, but it can be done. I'm aware of three families, two brothers and a cousin, who joined together to purchase a small farm that was for sale in the Appalachian Mountains of Tennessee. Two of the families now live there full-time, with the third family spending most weekends and vacation time on the property working the farm. This arrangement has worked for them for almost 15 years. 5. A church retreat. This is an idea that might work best for a small, tightly-knit church of like-minded folks, have the church buy some land in a rural area. It can be officially for use as a church campground or retreat and unofficially as a potential bug out location for church members. A number of churches in my area have such campgrounds or retreats, sometimes individually or in conjunction with other churches. 
these church campgrounds could easily be pressed into use as bug out locations. And I'm going to just because I come from uh, that world, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, start talking, start bringing up, start having those conversations in church and not necessarily, hey, are you a prepper? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, the end of the world is coming. Uh, not, not in that way. But you can start talking about gardening. You start talking about, you know, going to the shooting range and, and those types of things. And, uh, you know, that will spark conversation. Keep your eyes and your ears open for what people are saying. And, uh, you know, maybe you offer a little bit, you know, of advice or uh, you offer not advice, but you offer a little bit of information there. And you might find that there are people around you that are uh, preparedness minded. Maybe they're not full blown prepper, you know, uh, you know, bunker and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, they are a little bit more preparedness minded. And especially I'm going to tell you. With all the crap that's been going on in the world and all the things that keep happening, people are starting to open up their eyes just a little bit more. And so it, it, it's not, you know, so crazy thinking now to start talking about, hey, you know, if something was to really happen, you know, what would you do? You know, and, and again, I've always I talk about this all the time. You can use things that like hurricane harvey things that happened at hurricane harvey what's going on in puerto rico what's happening in venezuela what happened in with hawaii just recently you know all those things can be uh you know an opportunity to open up a conversation and not necessarily that you're coming from the preparedness standpoint but it's like wow you know can you imagine what would you know we thought the the cold war was over and and you can start a conversation and kind of feel fill out where people are and uh you know kind of go from there I also think that churches are really great places to, you know, churches are always looking for ways to reach out into the community. So if you are a person who can reach out with, uh, maybe you do a class on gardening, maybe you do a class on uh, on canning, maybe you do a class on whatever it might be, and then you get it out there and you're, you're talking to the community and you're vi- inviting people in, you are going to meet people that way and you don't have to do it from a preparedness point of view you can do it from healthy living you know you can do it from those kinds of things but you start talking about that and the word will get out and then you'll start meeting people just because of that i'm telling you if i was in a rural community and i was in a rural setting or even on the outskirts of town and i had a church that i could you know my church we rent from a local school so i don't have i only have it on sunday mornings for a certain amount of time, if I want it for uh, for other other time periods, I have to you know arrange that. But if I had a, a church like that, I would be you know making sure that that was going on on a regular basis. What about if you have if you are you know maybe you're an elder in a church or you're a member and you can say, hey, why don't we open up our church to allowing somebody who does martial arts come in and do martial arts, and we'll we'll let them use our gym. If we can offer it to, uh, you know, at, at a lower discount or whatever, you know, uh, so you can do it that that way. Why don't we open up our, uh, you know, our gym to uh, someone who wants to come in and teach aerobics or whatever and, you know, go at it from the healthy living standpoint. I mean, there's just so many things you can do there. And uh, and I just sometimes I mean, if I, I always tell myself if if I had that opportunity, that's what I would be doing if I wasn't bivocational or if I if I had that opportunity to just oversee that uh, I would really be uh, pushing for that, trying to find people that can do those kinds of things in, in the church. 
But anyway, I think those can open up conversations as well. All right, number six is national or state parks. Many national or state parks have camping areas. Some have cabins, some have RV or camper spaces. At others, you will have to hike in with tents. All these could be used as temporary bug out locations. I've even heard rumors that some survivalists have buried caches or of food and supply near their favorite spots for use when the SHTF. You'll need to scout out locations ahead of time, but these are an option for those who have no other options. Number seven, for profit campgrounds. National and state parks aren't the only camping option. There are lots of for-profit campgrounds around the country, offering everything from cabins to RV and camper hookups to primitive camping. Decide on a general area or areas you may want to bug out to, then start looking for campgrounds. I don't believe we will actually see a mass exodus from the megacities. See my article, Survival Myths, The Golden Horde. And uh, by the way, that's a, a great article that's linked to. You, you might want to go check that one out. Sure, some folks will abandon the cities, but most will stay long past the time that the cities became become complete disaster zones due to a concept called learned helplessness. Many folks will stay put, waiting for government to save them, or will happily march into FEMA camps, expecting to be taken care of. All right, so uh, great article there uh, by Tim over at uh, TimGamble.com. Uh, let me briefly talk a little bit about the, this golden horde. Uh, I first heard it from uh, James Wesley Ross. I can't remember if it was in one of his books or one of the articles off of a survival blog, or maybe it was in a podcast that I listened to. But the idea is that when uh, people realize that the cities don't have the resources for them, that they will start going out into uh, the rural areas. And so people who live out in the rural areas will be inundated with uh, you know people from the city, and so they will come over and they will be desperate, and they will you know they will rob, steal, kill, destroy. They will do whatever they can to, in order to get resources because they're going to be hungry and thirsty, and uh, you know they're going to be starving. And who 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 knows what they'll do, right? And so that idea uh, is is out there. And one of the things that he has always said, James Wesley Ross has always says, is if you buy property, rural property, you want to be on the back roads of the back roads of the back roads. And so basically, uh, if the Golden Horde is out there, they're traveling, you know, uh, down the interstate, you know, into the countryside or whatever, uh, you want to be far away, removed from, you know, main roads, right? That's the idea. And so some people in, you know, Tim is uh, referring to that, that that might be a myth as far as people completely leaving, uh, you know, li- leaving the cities. Um, just in my experience, so I'm, I'm going back to, uh, to Rita, uh, Hurricane Rita that happened here right after Hurricane Katrina and people were, were leaving the Houston area. Very, very sad because people died. And I think it happened with Hurricane Ike as well. Both times we chose to stay here, we, we decided to stay put. We did not leave uh, because we knew that the, you know, that the freeways were going to be just locked down. And this is, this is pre-prepper website for me. And uh, I've talked a little bit about this, but I know that your buildups on the freeways, and then they just got to the point. And actually there was an article, uh, somebody sent me a guest post a while back, and, and I have talked about that before, and I have read it on, on the podcast before, where it just the the freeways bogged down, and so you there is a wreck, 
or you know someone breaks down and that you know that causes everybody to break to to stop moving and there were people that died on the side of the road people who had disabilities people who they they just weren't you know 100% healthy and they died on the side of the road because they you know they're uh their uh, their gas ran out and so they didn't have AC anymore and it's just a very very sad situation now i did have an old foster daughter who did evacuate and uh, she told me you know, they got to a certain point and it took them forever to get there but uh, we did hear about that you know places like the the little convenience stores along the the way that they were completely wiped out uh you know people weren't uh, rioting, they weren't going in there and stealing and killing and destroying and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of those places were wiped out with gas. They were wiped out with all their food, you know, all their snacks, all their drinks, all that kind of stuff was completely wiped out of a lot of those places, even going, you know, deeper in to the rural, rural setting and rural sides there. And so, uh, you know, just depending on the situation, I guess that's, that's what it's going to boil down to. If it's a situation that happens very, very fast and uh, no one thinks about leaving, if there's no evacuation orders or anything like that, quite possibly no one no one really thinks about leaving. You'll have a few people who, who are maybe a little bit more self-reliant, preparedness-minded that might be leaving. But as, if there's no big evacuation order, people won't, wouldn't, wouldn't be doing that. Uh, and you think about stuff like if you had a... Uh, you know, a bank holiday, people wouldn't be doing that. Economic, you know, you, you see the economy starting to collapse. People really wouldn't be evacuating from that or people wouldn't be evacuating from riots, those kinds of things. But even uh, nuclear war. I mean, I don't even know if people would be really leaving the cities if, if you know, places started getting nuked. Uh, I don't know. Maybe pandemics, possibly. Uh, people would want to get away from uh, from the, the, the big sources of, uh, of the pandemic. Uh, but again, you go into this thing of, you know, when you, when you think about movies that you've seen and stuff like that, or, you know, where are people going to go, right? Uh, do they have a place where they can go and, uh, retreat to? We try to look at, you know, modern day and, and what people, how people have responded. And the only times really that people have evacuated or have left the city has been when there has been evacuation orders. Uh, and people, you know, the government has said, hey, you got to be careful. You got to leave. You know, there, th- this could be possibly happening. And so that's really the only times that you've, you've seen that uh, in, uh, in, in modern day. So I think it is smart to look at what has happened in, you know, in our modern day kind of history and, and go from there. And, uh, but also always preparing and being ready for whatever might happen. Again, that's why you have plan A, plan B, plan C, and you're able to adapt. You're able to have these plans. You know what you're going to be doing. So it's not like, okay, all of a sudden, uh, I need to come up with a plan. You already know what's going to happen. And so you, you move forward on that plan and, uh, you start implementing, uh, the things that you put in place. All right. So again, that's over at timgamble.com. And, uh, but bug out to where exactly. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me on episode 230. I can't believe um, I'm actually saying episode 230. Uh, time is flying by so fast. Hey, don't forget about that Prepper Bundle. Um, it is going live uh, today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it is going live. And uh, I hope you go check it out and see if it's something that you want to uh, purchase. And remember, if you do purchase it, 
forward your invoice over to me so that I can go ahead and send you uh, my my bonus that I prepared for the people that purchased the bundle through my affiliate link. All right. And uh, so, hey, don't forget to uh, link up with me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. I always love to connect with uh, listeners out there or you can always come over to the Prepper website podcast and leave me a comment in uh, in one of the episodes there. All right, guys. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.